This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. About a year ago, a man was on his way home from work. It was a third shift job. So he's going home around six, seven o'clock in the morning. As he was driving home, the, the sun was rising, but his eyelids were falling. He was tired. He fell asleep at the wheel. The car went off the road at the curve and into the ditch and flipped and made a big crash. This accident happened right by one of our ministry leaders' homes. They heard the crash, called 911, and were outside assisting that man within a minute. EMS arrived on the scene shortly thereafter. And due to the help of our ministry leaders' home and, and the EMS folks, that, that man is recovering today. You see, understand this, God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbor does. This morning, we're wrapping up our, our change series. We've been looking at Acts chapter 2, and we've been seeing that, that Jesus, because he's alive, because he's resurrected, that, that changes everything. Today, we're going to see that it, it changes how we do life together. As we turn into Acts chapter 2 this morning, we see the New Testament demonstration of the Old Testament proclamation where God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And so today we, we gather around together with this witness that is a powerful witness of God's love to the people of the world. And so let's dive into Acts chapter 2, the last section of it, and unpack it. You'll see the words up on the screen. It says of that early Christian church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You remember what that, that teaching of the apostles were? It was a teaching of sin and grace. It was a teaching of sin and, and undeserved love and forgiveness. Remember, this is what Peter said directly to the people of his day, and understand it fits right into our lives individually as well. He says, you, with the help of wicked men, put him, Jesus, to death by nailing him to the cross. 
That's the sin part, right? That's the law. But God raised him from the dead. That's the good news, the gospel. They, that early Christian church, they devoted themselves to that teaching, right? To, to sin and grace. You see, they, they worshiped Jesus. They, they worshiped the guy who was not only crucified, but was resurrected. He was alive. They were worshiping him. You see, there were a bunch of people that were crucified, but they were all dead. Jesus was crucified, but rose. That changes everything. See, that, that resurrection of Jesus, that new living Jesus, that was the power of that early Christian church. You know what? It's the same power of our church today, too. It is what makes the difference today, right? See, the, the name of our church, right? We didn't drive in and, and see the sign out there, and it was, it's the name of, nice try, you know? I wish it would have worked out better for you, right? Better luck next time, church. Now, victory, victory of the Lamb, victory of our God for you and me. You see, since those early Christians were forgiven, were accepted, were valuable, were empowered by Jesus, it never dawned on them to create any kind of separation or, or build up walls of any kind based on any kind of sin. No, they devoted themselves, they were all in to fellowship. Now, fellowship, right? That's some churchy word deal, right? What's fellowship mean? The, the Greek word for fellowship means communion, contribution, a partnership, a, a sharing, a, the word that I'm translating for us today, withness, with one another. You see, we do life better together. One of the ways that, that scripture talks about this withness is with the terminology of like one another or each other. In fact, this is so important that we find it in like 60 different spots in the New Testament. For example, in Romans chapter 12, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And there are tons of other examples again too, like love one another, serve one another, encourage one another. This, this early church, they were all about this withness stuff. They were so about this withness stuff that the scripture says of them, all the believers were together and had everything in common. What did that look like? They had everything in common. Little kid go running next door. Jump in on the neighbor's couch, grab up the video game controller and start playing Halo. Huh? 
Did it look like, you know, that, that a neighbor was out grilling, had some burgers out on the grill, just added the cheese on it, went back inside, somebody come running across and take one of those cheeseburgers, you know? Well, it could have, but, but here's where it was really at. They had everything in common deep down. They understood that they all had sin, and they understood that their sin and everybody's sin was actually completely forgiven. And so they didn't look at one another in their weakness. They looked at one another through Jesus and in the eyes of Jesus, right? They didn't call each other by their sin or by their weakness. They called each other by their Savior, and so they lived their lives, a lot like our, our music team with the, that opening song, Mighty to Save. He's saying, everyone needs compassion. Everyone needs a Savior. And so their response was just simply to share all their life, everything they had. This, understand, wasn't, communism. This was commitment. This wasn't capitalism. What can I get? This was commitment. What can I give? The Holy Spirit was just pouring down on them. The scripture says, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. There's that power of the resurrection again and was raised again. This is a life of generosity in time, in service, and in finances, it just poured through them. Compare that with what is at least stereotypical of the 21st century American church. Okay. John Tyson, he's a pastor in New York City. He made a, a satirical translation uh, of Acts chapter 2. And uh, just listen to these words in, in our culture, right? And see if it's like what it's like today, okay? It says they, they studied the apostles' teaching when they had time. They went to fellowship when they could fit it in. They prayed when they needed something and got coffee together every now and then. They were content without and had low expectations for signs and wonders in their midst. They sometimes talked about generosity, but kept all their possessions for themselves. Two out of five Sundays, they came to corporate gatherings. They didn't invite people into their homes and rarely revealed their hearts. They were largely irrelevant to all the people 
And occasionally, someone was randomly saved. Uh, I share this with you, not to, not to bring guilt on anyone. Guilt's a, a horrible motivator. I, mean, I just share it for you and me individually, for you and me individually to look into the mirror and say, is that me? To say anywhere along the line, is, is that what my life is like? To, to look in the mirror and say, do I need a savior? Do I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit? Last summer, I, I visited a once vibrant church, but it no longer looked like its neighborhood. This church once had everything going on, but by the time I had visited them, uh, years ago already, they had put up a chain link fence around their property. Whether they understood it or not, what that said was, we're on the inside, you're on the outside. We're different than you are. Somewhere along the way, they stopped engaging their neighborhood. They stopped meeting people where they were at. And then they looked up and saw that these people were so different than they were that they determined the best thing to do was to separate themselves from their neighborhood. That's not Christianity. Christianity is not privacy. Christianity is not isolationism. Christianity is resurrection power. Having a personal relationship with the almighty God and with the community of people. That early Christian church, they had this withness thing going on. We need that withness today as well. Maybe you remember back a, a few weeks ago when we started off this series, Pastor Ben had that illustration of the Weber grill. Remember that? Remember he, he, he told us we all got to have Weber grills, right? You know, the, the, the gas grill thing, that's not right. All right, got to have the Weber grill. And remember how he talked about how the charcoal would be stacked up and, and it would light and, and get on fire and have all this heat and then we'd take it away and those charcoals would spread out and it would heat up and, and light everything around. But then we needed to come back together so we could get warmed up again. See, if we get warmed up and we spread out and, and we don't come back, we, we stay out in the world, you know what happens to a coal that's removed from that heat? Sooner or later, it does indeed lose that heat, lose that light, lose its effectiveness. It dies out. We're better together, okay? Uh, a tuba player, awesome, right? tuba player with a band and with an orchestra, really good, right? We need this withness. Studies tell us that Gen Z, Generation Z, is the loneliest generation ever. So parents, if you've got a young child 
and you wonder what's going on in their hearts and in their minds. Studies are showing us the answer is loneliness. They're feeling all alone. Depression, anxiety, suicide rates are skyrocketing. Some say social media is part of the cause. Children are left to their own devices while mom and dad are on their device. And you know what? The truth is, right? It's not just Generation Z, but it's all of us who have this intense longing for belonging. We do life better together. We do life. Life is not a spectator sport. Some of us watched the game last night on TV, right? And we had maybe some yelling going on. You know, uh, that game was a long way away. It was in Toronto, okay? We were spectators. Uh, We didn't shoot a shot. Uh, We didn't get a rebound. We didn't pass the ball. We need to do life together. We need this withness. Because you see, we don't exactly live in a Christian culture anymore. There's still pockets of it and stuff like that, but Christian values are kind of on the side. And and sometimes we're getting upset. Man, you know, they're not acting like Christians. Well, guess what? They aren't. So how could they be? We need this witness. We need to be able to come together for strength as we face sometimes subtle and sometimes not so subtle persecution. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, Chick-fil-A, right? Third largest uh, food, uh, fast food place in the nation now. Uh, They were going to open a store, a restaurant in the San Antonio airport. Uh, That airport commission said no. Uh, Chick-fil-A is a hate group. Yeah, Chick-fil-A wasn't at the table. (laughs) They were just said they're a hate group. Uh, misrepresentative and stuff. This stuff is, we need each other. We need to come together around the apostles' teachings so we can see again, be reminded again, strengthened again that God is our refuge and strength. We need each other. How does that all happen? Back in Acts chapter two, check it out. Every day, They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. This witness was done in the temple, our our church, right? And so they came together. I don't know, you know, it was probably like in the 70s or 80s and things like that when this term came around, mega churches. You understand the first mega church was the very first church. 
There were 3,000 people that came to faith. So they, they gathered around the apostles' teaching and they listened. That was part of their witness. But that was only part of it because they, they gathered around for that teaching. But then as you look through those words again, they went into each other's homes. This was small groups. This is where they participated in, and did life together again. As they gathered together around those small groups, they discussed what the apostles had taught. They, you know, they, and this wasn't a, a preference thing. This wasn't an opinion thing. You know, they, well, I didn't really like that song they sung, you know, or I really liked that one. Or I wish the guy wouldn't have talked so long again, you know. No, they were, they were about the apostles' teaching, and, and they talked about it. These small groups weren't just social gatherings, but they were social gatherings about spiritual matters. So that's why small groups are part of our discipleship plan here at Victory. Do you know what God does with witness? He blesses it. Acts 2, verse 47 and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. While they were doing witness, that was an amazing witness to the power of God's love. And God added to their number daily those who were being saved. About a month ago, I was scrolling through Instagram because that's what I do. <laughs> right? And, and, I, and I ran across this, you know, as I'm swiping through, I ran across this thing from Culver's. And it said by 2050, the population will increase by 2.2 billion people. Okay. The point of the Culver's deal was they needed farms. We need to protect the farms. I'm bringing out the 2.2 billion people to you and me today because those extra 2.2 billion people are going to live one place or another in eternity. They need our witness to be a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they too, like you and me, by God's grace, can live forever in heaven. One of the reformers said, I, I want the whole Jesus for my Savior. I want the whole Bible for my book. I want the whole church for my fellowship. I want the whole world for my mission field. Hey, if uh, you're here today or watching online and if, if you're searching for the perfect church, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, so that kind of takes care of that. 
If, however, you're looking for a church that's devoted to the apostles' teaching, if you're looking for a church that's devoted to witness, if you're looking for a church that is linked to Christ, to one another, and to our community? If that's what you're looking for, welcome home. Welcome to victory. This Memorial Day, as you consider those who have fought and died for the freedoms that we have, remember also the one, the one who fought, died, and lives again for our spiritual freedom and power. And follow him with witness and be a brilliant witness to God's love for the world. Let's pray. Lord God, we, we thank you for the victory of, of Jesus Christ. We thank you that it, it wasn't over 2,000 years ago, right after they crucified him and, and he died and was buried. We, we thank you that it, it's not a history lesson of long ago. We thank you that Christianity is a present and powerful thing because Jesus is alive, alive today, and he is with us. Thank you so much. Lord, thank you so much for the Victory family, for all the witness that's demonstrated and displayed not only on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week. Lord, we can't do it on our own, not even close. We need your spirit. Lord, pour out your spirit on us so that we can live in the joy and the power of the resurrection together with you today and forever, influencing and impacting the world that you came to save. In your name, Jesus, we pray and trust in you to fulfill it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.